0: Hi, thanks for joining this week's podcast with Pastor James Jones of the Divergent Church. We hope you will be blessed by the message you are about to hear. If you would like some more information about the church, please feel free to reach out via email at divergentcog at AOL.com or go over and check out our website, divergentcog.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you have a blessed day. We're going to continue our series this morning, The Quest for Revival. This is the fifth message in the series. There's two more messages coming two more messages coming in this series and then we will be in revival I believe that church I do um, as I've told you from the beginning this is not you know just something well let's preach a series in the summer and see what this, this was something that you know praying about for weeks and weeks and and the series coming together and, and seeking the face of God and, and and there's been testimonies just since the beginning last week and, and um, you know be careful how I share because I don't want to take away somebody's thunder from their testimony, but last week a family stood up here in the altar and um, they weren't heading here. They were actually heading to another church when they left their house on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. And something pulled them here. And they ended up in the altar last Sunday morning, and God did an amazing work in their family. As a matter of fact, we, we got a chance to fellowship with them Sunday afternoon. We talked with them, and you know, they were sharing with us what they had been through, which you know, when we prayed, and we got up in the altar, and I prayed specifically about a few things, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, when God shows you something, you just go along with it. But then as we were sitting at lunch, it made sense. I mean, they had been through some stuff that we didn't know. And uh, just what God was speaking to them, the way it moved, the way He had moved, the Spirit had moved, and not them only, but there's other testimonies from the past couple weeks in church, I believe they're going to become more numerous and even greater for the glory of God as we continue forward. So, so far in this series, we've talked about uh, how the glory went away, and just to recap real quickly here, we talked about how the glory went away from Israel, how they treated it with contempt, how the priests were not godly men or men of virtue, but men who chased it after the the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And because of that contentment that they treated the presence of God with, the glory of God was taken away. The glory of God had departed from the people of God. And then we go a little farther and we find out for 20 years, they didn't inquire of the glory of God. For 20 years. And see, this has always, always, always bothered me. From the, from the time I was a teenager and I first heard this story, When da- I heard the story of David said, so we didn't even inquire at it since the reign of Saul. And about 20 years roughly had lapsed. What happened on the Day of Atonement for 20 years? And I know I've shared this with you, but it bears repeating. Did they get so good at going through the motions that it didn't matter that God was there or not? And that's when you bring it home to the church today. Have we gotten so good at working up emotions and trying to, it doesn't matter if God's there, we'll make people feel a certain way. Even if their life's not changed when they leave. That's not good. That's not church. And David had this idea. He wanted to go back and bring the glory of God back. There was always a remnant. There is always a remnant. He wanted to bring the glory of God back, and so they went about it. They had a good intention, but they didn't do it properly. And the anger of God struck out against Uzzah, broke out against Uzzah, and he he died. And the ark came to rest at the house of Obed-Edom. Then a two weeks ago, we talked about how they learned how to handle the holy. They went back and realized God has a prescribed way. Because David said, you Levites, you priests, sanctify yourselves. For you will carry the ark as it is written in the law of Moses. David went back and looked. He had some time with God and he straightened things out. And he says, I still want to do this, but now I know how to do this. And last week we talked about hosting the glory of God, being a host for the glory of God because in all this time we've talked about the ark and how the ark represented the glory and the presence of God as it traveled with Israel and how it came to rest in the tabernacle. And when the ark was in the tabernacle, the glory of God would be in that place. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that veil was torn from top to bottom because Jesus said God does not desire to dwell in a tabernacle made by hands but in you and I. As a matter of fact, the New Testament says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So if the glory of God is missing, it begins with each of us. So each of us, we begin to search our hearts. We begin to pray. We begin to realize we need to sanctify ourselves that we might, as the Levites of Old Testament, that we might, as the children of God we're called to be, carry the glory of God once again. Or do you not remember that Peter said, you are a royal nation, chosen nation, royal priesthood? You. He didn't didn't say, well, the professional ministers among... No, 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 no. We are all ministers, period. We all do something different. We all have different roles, different strengths, different gifts that were given us by God. But every one of us is a minister of the glory of God. And so in the temple that you are, the holy spirit should dwell and where you go guess what the glory of god will be with you so last week we talked about being a host turn with me if you will to isaiah chapter 35 because this way we're going to talk about this week we're going to talk about the way of holiness the way i'm sorry the way to holiness isaiah 35 we're going to read the first 10 verses that sounds better than the whole chapter i know so we're going to read the first 10 verses of Isaiah 35, which are all of the verses of Isaiah 35. As we talk about the way to holiness, you see, last week we opened ourselves. We knew the decision we were making. We're saying, Lord, this is a life-altering decision because remember when Obed-Edom, when the ark was came to his house, can you imagine getting that knock on your door? You open a door. Hey, Obed, how you doing? We want to leave the ark here at your house. Now, I want you to know, Whatever else you do, don't touch it. You see that guy out there? He touched it. He's dead. But Obed-Edom opened his house, and the glory of God came in. The Ark of the Covenant rested there. And as we saw last week, it said his entire house was blessed. And word came to the king. Even the king knew, wow, this guy's house is blessed. Why? Because the glory of God was there. And last week we talked about blessing and what blessing really is, and it's not the way the world sees it. And in all honesty, it's not really the way a lot of the church sees it today either. It's so much deeper. It's so much more. And so now this week, we're going to go to the next step. We're going to go to the next step. Now we have come to a place where we said, I want to host the glory of God. Now we have to look at the way to holiness. Now I know you hear the way to holiness and you're like, oh boy, what are we going to talk about? Well, hold on. You'll find out in a minute. I like to keep people in suspense. Isaiah chapter 35. Let's start in verse 1 this morning. The wilderness and the wasteland shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice. Even with joy and singing, the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it. The excellence of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord the excellency of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. Verse 5 Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, for waters shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. Verse 8. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others. Whoever walks the road although a fool shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up upon it. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return, watch this, and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Now, there's a lot in that chapter, and we're going to dissect that here. But so far, we have seen the need. We chose to chase the glory of God, and we've chosen to host his presence. Now, what? We've chose to chase after the glory of God and to host His presence. But what comes next? What do we do after that? There's the way to holiness, church. There's a way that we must follow, that God has given us to follow. Hebrews chapter 12, and this kind of came to me at the last minute this morning, so I kind of threw it in. Hebrews chapter 12, and it's just verse 12 and 14, says this. Therefore strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. Sounds familiar. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Now before this section of scripture there's a uh, There's a section where I'm speaking about understanding and receiving correction, receiving rebuke, receiving the discipline of God. When God comes to discipline, being able to receive that correction, being able to receive that rebuke. And the reason I tell you that is because verse 4 starts with, therefore. Whenever you see that word, therefore, pay attention. Because that means, I'm telling you all this now that I've told you, therefore, do this. I've told you about correction I've told you about rebuking. I've told you about understanding and how God speaks to us and how He trains us. Therefore, strengthen the hands that hang down. Strengthen the feeble knees. We know something is lacking from the church in America and in other places around the world as well. We know it. We can receive that. We don't have to look down our nose and say, oh, well, He's not talking about us. No, it's the church in general. I mean, just the, the analogy we gave last week. We talked very briefly about the life of John Lennon and some of the Beatles and the reaction they had and the, the, the exposure to the gospel they received. How many other people in the world received that same exposure? And how different could it be if they received the exposure to the glory of God as opposed to the judgment of man? The judgment of God is coming. Believe that. God is sovereign and He will not be mocked. Understand that. But we deserve that judgment, do we not? You and I. Before we talk about anybody else in the world, we deserve that judgment. But we don't get it. Why? Because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Because of the love and the mercy of God. So if we have received that, then we must freely give it. Show it. Share it. However we can. We know something is lacking, so we can take rebuke. We can take correction. If we receive that correction, and then we do something about it, then we grow. Then we change as individuals. So therefore, strengthen the hands which hang low, and the feeble knees, and make straight the paths. Verse 3 of our text. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come. There is a way of holiness, church. You know the word of God? He reiterates the principle so much because he knows we as children need that. Have you ever had children before around you? You ever had children in your life? Maybe you have children, and they need reiterating, don't they? Have you ever had to tell them something once, and it just happened? Maybe every now and then, like, time for dessert, come on. Yeah, that'll happen, yeah. But then there's those, clean your room. I have a daughter, who I won't name, and since I have three of them, she's safe-ish, Because the other two will rat her out as soon as they hear this. She said to my wife the other day, my wife said, are you going? She goes, i got to clean my room. I said, you've been cleaning that room for two and a half months. I cannot wait to see the finished product. Every single day. What are you doing upstairs, cleaning my room? No, you're not. Nobody's cleaning the room for two and a half. I've been in that room, church. She ain't cleaned it because I can't find the room. But i got to say, she gets it honest from her mother. No, uh, shh, Don't tell it. <laughs> no, my wife runs a tight ship. She uh, really has our house looking beautiful right now, and I appreciate that because she's going to see this video later. So, thank, you, babe. Um, <laughs> we know that something is lacking, but look, correction. There's a repeating of correction, and then he says, "Therefore." Verse 14, he says, pursue. Verse 14 of the text we just read in Hebrews chapter 12, pursue peace, pursue holiness. That brings us to verse 8 and 10 and the way of holiness. In verse 8 of Isaiah 35 that we just read, a highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for others, whoever walks the road. Now, this is what I like. This is the part that really helps me out. Because, church, I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but I'm not perfect yet. You have, haven't you? I I mess up a lot. I mess up a lot. But this is, I love this verse because it gives me hope. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. Church, I'm okay. I'm going to make it. Even if I mess up, I'm going to make it. If I can get to the way of holiness, if I can get to the way, if I can walk that path of holiness. You see, there's a route that will take you where you need to be. For example, we went to Ocean City for a couple days. And what do you drive? Oceanic Highway. It takes you to the ocean. Unless there's an accident and it takes you all kinds all kinds of roads you've never been on and you start praying, Lord, help us make it. Nevertheless, Oceanic Highway takes you to the ocean. The Highway of Holiness, guess where it's going to take you, church? Anybody got an idea? Holiness. Good answer. That's correct. The Highway of Holiness will take you to holiness. It will take you to heaven. And we must be holy as He is holy. So here's a list of steps to holiness. No, I'm just playing. A lot of people will give you that. But here's what I want you to understand. 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, "If we are in Him, we are a new creation. If we are in Him, we are a new creation. If we are in Him, not if I go to church, if I say the right things, if I have the right, if I am in Him, I am a new creation. The old has passed away; the new has come. It's a new life from Jesus Christ." through Jesus Christ for Jesus Christ therefore there's that word again i'm going to put that one in there therefore holiness is not the way to Jesus Jesus is the way to holiness I am not going to come to Christ because I followed a bunch of rules and said, here I am, I'm holy. I'm going to come to Christ knowing I can't. I am not holy. My righteousness is as filthy rags, but through Jesus Christ, I am made holy. Through Jesus Christ, I am made into a son or a daughter of the Most High God, and I can follow Him in the way of holiness. And when that happens, I can strengthen my hands and I can strengthen my knees and I can walk the path because I know that I am walking a path of fulfillment. Therefore, strengthen your hands. Strengthen your feeble knees. Pursue peace. Pursue holiness. You know, we are afraid to say that word holiness in the church sometimes, aren't we? I grew up in a church that was not far removed from certain levels of holiness. You know, where if you were a guy, there were four colors that you wore to church. Four colors. Black, brown, gray, and navy blue. Navy. No sky blue. Uh uh-uh. No sky blue. Navy blue. That's it. If you were a man, that's what you wore. If you didn't, you were going to hell. Because that's holiness. If you were a female, you did not wear makeup. I tread carefully here because sometimes I've heard the analogy once by a pastor, even an old barn could use a new coat of paint. That's not a good analogy. That's not a good analogy at all. You didn't hear that from me, folks.. <laughs> no makeup. And open- toed shoes? Oh, no, don't you come into church with toe cleavage. What are you talking about? Open toed shoes. You going to hell. We, we have holiness up in here. You long-haired men, what's the matter with you? You better get it together. You short-haired ladies, I don't know what's wrong with you. Don't you know that's the glory of your personality? Now, we can poke fun at it a little bit, but here's the thing. Man was doing what the Pharisees were doing when Jesus came. We were so into our law and our tradition. Boy, I am holy. Look at me. I dress right. I walk right. I talk right. I look right. You know where it falls apart? And I actually heard a pastor, a great pastor, he came in one time, he was preaching, he was talking about when he was a kid and testimony service. And he said it was funny because in his home church, testimony service always turned into complaining service for some reason. The first two would be, oh yes, Jesus did this for me. Oh yes, and by the fourth or fifth, y'all pray for me, I can feel the hot breath of the devil on my neck. What? No, I understand, we... Need prayer. We have these times. But he says in one of these testimony services, this woman stands up and she's crying and she's weeping bitterly. And she points at a man in the front row who happens to be a deacon in the church and he's married. And she says, Church, I want you to know that we have discussed it and we are ready to come clean. We have had an affair for five months now. It has gotten physical, it has gotten too far, and we need repentance. That's, wait for this part though. But I want you to know in that five months, I never once wore makeup. And when he told us that story, I sat there and thought, I'm, I'm missing something. See, the way to holiness isn't me keeping all these rules. is isn't me doing all this stuff and saying, look what I did. It is me humiliating myself, humbling myself before Jesus Christ, and knowing he is the way to holiness. Now, it doesn't give me free reign to do whatever I want to do. Oh, I'll just do whatever I want. Oh, well, I'll come in any old kind of... No, 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 that's not true. Because if I'm in Christ, guess what? Remember when we talked about the vine and branches, if you remain in me and my word remains in you. What's his word say? His word talks about forgiveness. It talks about modesty. It talks about humility. It talks about how we carry ourselves, how we behave, how we treat others, how we respect others. So we have have the instructions to holiness right here in the word of God. It has nothing to do with a list of chores that we've done certain things so we're more holy than someone else. See, that's part of the reason the church is in the mess it's in now, because we feel like people who have different gifts, oh, well, they're just better than everybody else. Are you kidding me? They just have a different gift. Did you ever come to school after Christmas break and your parents gave you a gift and somebody else had a gift and everybody said, oh, he's better because his gift is better than yours? No. They might have liked that gift. They might have thought, oh, that's awesome, you know. You got Optimus Prime and you got the knockoff version from CVS It doesn't even have a name, but hey, you know, Whatever. But it was a gift. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. Somebody put it on your lap. You opened it up and now it's yours. So it is with ministry. So it is with pastoral ministry, or teaching ministry, or evangelism ministry, or service ministry. Whatever we do, we do for the glory of God, not for the glory of ourselves. See, the way of holiness shows me that it is all about Jesus Christ. We have a problem in the church. I've been in Baltimore where pastors think they're rock stars. They got an entourage. I'm not joking. Y'all think I'm joking about it. It's not just in one area. That's just the area I was exposed to for over 10 years. I got around some some wonderful people. Some great people. But I went to some churches and preached. And the people were not allowed to touch the pastor. You think I'm joking. They weren't allowed to touch him. They walk out. You shake the associate pastor's hand. Because the pastor's holy. You might not be able to shake his hand and come back the same way. I don't know. But see, I knew some of those pastors on a personal level, and I knew they weren't at holy at all. But we have this persona. We have to walk this certain way. Why? Because our way of holiness is in what we do and what we've done. But the true way to holiness is in Jesus Christ and what he has done for us. Now, again, that's not free reign to just go do whatever I want. Absolutely not. If, I remain in, if you remain in me and my word remains in you. If I am in the word, if I am obedient to the word, if I am living according to the word, I won't desire the things of the flesh because I won't want to. I won't want the things of the I want the things of God. Remember all the way back to one of the first messages this year: the allure of sin. Sin doesn't start with temptation. Sin doesn't start with sin starts with some desire that's inside of us. That desire is already there. It wasn't like, oops, I accidentally desired something today. No, that desire was there and Satan prowls around like a roaring lion and he knows our desires, he knows what's inside of us and so when temptation comes, it is presented on a platter from Satan saying, hey, you like this, and he's right because there's a desire in us. But if I walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh, if I put to death the works of the flesh, like this last week we've been fasting and praying, denying the flesh, feeding the Spirit those desires start going away. And guess what? He has less to tempt me with because I'm not chasing after the things of this world. See, the way of holiness has more to do not so much with what I do today to day or the chores I do or the religious obligations I keep, but my walk with Jesus Christ. If I will walk the highway of holiness that is put here, if I will strengthen my hands, if I will strengthen my fable knees, if I will therefore respond to rebuke and correction and walk this way of holiness, I will find the way I need to go. I cannot go to heaven and say, well, the pastor didn't preach what I wanted to hear, so I didn't go to church. Well, that music team never played my favorite song anyway, so I just stayed home. I am responsible for my spiritual growth. Now I want you to say that. I am responsible for my spiritual growth. You can get some knuckleheads in your life, believe me. Be careful of those. Be careful who's investing into you. Be careful who's pouring into you. Absolutely. I'm not saying go to a church and just sit there because you have to go to church somewhere. No, no, no. I am responsible for my spiritual growth. So therefore, if I am not growing, I need to make sure that I am growing somehow. I can't blame it on somebody else. I can't say, well, they didn't make me feel good. Well, they didn't sing my song. Well, he didn't. I actually, I kid you not. And I shared, I think I told you about I told somebody about this. We were in a church in Baltimore, and somebody left the church because I didn't stand at the back door and shake hands every Sunday. I'm, I'm not kidding. That was literally their excuse. Well, I love your preaching. And when you and your wife lead worship, man, I just feel the spirit move. I love the way you pray, but... I just can't go to a church where a pastor's not at the front door shaking hands every Sunday. And the thing about it is the way he celebrates, some of you have been to Celebration. We've we play, The band's played there and stuff. You, you, you got the stage and the exit door is literally, you've got to go through the church to get to it. And if somebody's having a problem, or somebody says, Pastor, will you pray for me? Or, hey, this has happened this week. Or, I can't say, oh, hold on, I've got to go shake hands, I'll deal with your problem. I can't do that. It's not in my nature. I can't. I don't know a pastor that can. And so what we did is we actually, for a while, we had uh, someone else come up, and they would try and do the closing prayer, and I would try and sneak out the back and shake hands. But he says, it's too late. Now, church, I don't believe for a second he left the church because I wouldn't shake his hand at the back door. There's something else going on. But how many times do we do that? Do we play those games? Well, I'm not growing. It's his fault. It's her fault. They made me feel bad. They didn't do what I wanted. Stop. If I'm on the highway to holiness, I got the steering wheel in my hand. I'm following Jesus Christ. Nobody's taking that steering wheel out of my hand. Nobody's going to say, you need to stop. And then I'm going to listen to him. Satan will come and say, oh, stop here. Don't go down the highway. I will run him over. Don't get in my way. Don't get in my way. I drive quick. I don't drive fast, but I keep driving. I've had this conversation repeatedly with my six-year-old. People will do things. You are responsible for what you do. I, he said, da 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 I don't care what he said. What did you do? Well, I slapped him. He made me do it. Did he really? Did he take your hand and pick it up? And, and he just looks at me like I'm dumb. Why would you ask that question, Dad? Nobody's going to do that. He says, yeah, he made me do it. No. Did he grab your hand and he do this? No. Did, did he get behind you and swing your arm up and then walk into you? No. Then how did he make you? Because he said da-da-da-da-da. He didn't make you do it. He did something. You responded. Same thing goes for us. Nobody made us do anything. We're in control of ourselves. Fruit of the spirit of self-control, is it not? Walking the way of holiness. You see, if I'm not careful what we just talked about, oh, this didn't happen, that didn't happen, I didn't go to church, I went to church and there were hypocrites there. Well, you know what? I've been to the gym and there's fat people there. <laughs> people still go to Planet Fitness even though I'm there. They look at me like, yep, six months and he's still big. Yep, but I can eat whatever I want because I go to the gym every day. That's, no, it's not why like I it. You go to Walmart, there's people in there that don't buy a thing. They just walk around. But you still go to Walmart, don't you? We can't blame somebody else for us not getting closer to God. Because if we do that, it leads to bitterness. It leads to dissension. If we go a little farther in the chapter of Hebrews 12, we see about that. We see how dissension can come, how not chasing after peace, not ch- and I don't mean just be holy, no, pursue holiness, pursue holiness, because if we don't, it leads to bitterness, it leads to dissension, it leads to problems. If we go a little farther in Hebrews chapter 12, you'll see that. So with that stated, I think the obvious conclusion is holiness brings happiness. Never thought you'd hear that in the church, did you? Well, oh, holiness is rules. I got to do this, and I got to wear this, and I got to listen to this, and I. No, 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 it's not a I gotta. It's not a I have to do this or that. It's a I get to. I get to know Jesus Christ. I get to follow Him. I get to call Him Lord. You know, the word says we can't even call Him Lord unless His Spirit enables us. I get to call Him Lord. Holiness brings happiness. You might say, no way, these people are miserable. Well, then they're doing it wrong. Trust me. Because I have a holiness in my life, and that's not arrogance. That's me saying I am chasing after Jesus Christ with all that I have. Yes, I blow it, but when I blow it, everybody who sees me blow it sees me try to make it right. When I fall down, I don't pretend I didn't fall. I say, sorry, let me get back up. Because there's a joy in this path of holiness. Let me go back to Isaiah 35. The second verse says, It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice, even with joy and singing. There's abundance. There's abundance on this pathway of joy. There's singing, there's joy. Verse 5 and 6 of the original text in Isaiah 35. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer and the tongue of the dumb sing. For waters shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. Where there was once no life, there will be life. That's the picture that God is painting for you and I. That's the illustration that God is making. On this path of holiness, when the glory of God returns in your life and you're walking on this path of holiness... There is abundance. We talked about this piece last week. Abundance doesn't mean you got the best car in the neighborhood. you got the best house. Abundance means you have what you need. Abundance means in the middle of the storm, I've got peace. Abundance means no matter what's going on, I've got Jesus and I'm not worried about it. Abundance doesn't mean I never go to the lion's den. Abundance means when I go there, God's already shut their mouths. Abundance doesn't mean I don't get into the fiery furnace. Abundance means when I'm thrown in there, God's there waiting for me saying, What's up? Hey, let's go for a walk. You know, that's how it is. That's abundance. Abundance. abundance isn't about possession or earthly things we're talking about the spirit not the flesh so when I'm on the road of holiness I live in abundance Jesus never had a house of his own he never had a place to lay his head but he lived church in abundance did he not and here's the thing people around him had abundance didn't they think about feeding of the 5,000 couple fish a couple loaves They say, what are we going to do? Jesus says, bring me what you got. There's a great lesson there. Bring me what you got. He blesses it, and then they take what they have, and they go out. And not only do they serve others, but they have 12 baskets full left over. Why do they have 12? Because there were 12 disciples. Every one of them gets a basket. See, when you serve Jesus, that's what abundance is about. You come to Jesus saying, I don't have enough to do this. Jesus says, I'm giving you enough. Let me bless it. He blesses it. You by faith turn around and you walk out into the ministry He's given you. And as you do that, you have more than you've ever imagined. How did this happen to me? I have more than I started with. That's abundance, church. That's the way of holiness. That's walking this highway. Verse 7 and verse 8. The parched ground shall become a pool and the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals, where each lay, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. Now verse 8. A highway shall be there and a road, and it shall be called the highway of holiness. This is the way to holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. What do you mean the unclean? What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If the blood of Jesus has washed away your sin, you're clean. You walk on this way. You walk on this highway. You walk this place of abundance. You know why? Because you don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. It's not all about the guys on TV that tell you if you send me your $10, you're going to end up with $100 million. It's not what it's about. It's really not. matter of fact, I don't see that in the Word of God. Don't. I'm not saying God won't bless you. I'm not saying your vats won't run. Oh, no, God will bless you. Believe that. Having money is not necessarily a sign of blessing. It's also not a sign of cursing. It's just there. I know some of you would like to have some of that there, but, you know, so would I. It'll come. But we can be blessed no matter where we are. Amen? Because everything passes away. You know about the guy that went to heaven, right? He wanted to take his wealth with him, so he carried two cases full of gold with him. And when he got there, they said, why'd you bring pavement? I mean, we look at things like, oh, man, this is so wonderful. You get to heaven, like, oh, yeah, we walk on that stuff. This pathway of holiness, church, it will turn you upside down. The redeemed are on this path. And you know why they're on this path? Because of holiness. Verse 10. And the ransomed of the Lord, the redeemed of the Lord, church, the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing with everlasting joy on their heads. Does that remind you how the ark came back? David sang, the trumpets blow, there was the sacrifice, there was rejoicing, there was great boisterous praise because the glory of God was returning. This is how the glory of God returns, by the way of holiness, by His people walking in holiness. When you and I begin to conduct ourselves like the priests of God, like a royal priesthood, like a kingly nation that we are called to be, I wish I had time to show you, I would go to Exodus and show you in Exodus where Moses said to the people at Mount Sinai, this is what God has, you'll be a royal nation, you'll be a nation of priests, a chosen people. And what happened? They saw the glory of God. They saw the Ten Commandments of God. And they said, Moses, you go, lest we perish. Now, at first, they're like, okay, Moses, good. We'll do whatever the Lord says. We'll be a whole nation of priests. Amen. Let's do it, brother. Then they found the cost. Then they saw the glory. Then they said, you go, Moses. And now we get to 2 Peter, and we hear the same thing. You are a chosen people, peculiar, royal priesthood. God's plan hasn't changed. People just keep saying, oh, whoa. We buy into it. Oh, I want that plan. I want the blessing. I want the... And then we hear Paul saying, I want to know him and the fellowship of his suffering. Whoa, 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 suffering. Wait, what? No, that's not what I signed up for. And the disciples walked away in Acts when they walked away from the council. And the disciples walked away rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. You know that word? They were beaten. They were slapped. They were made fun of. And after all that nonsense, they didn't rise up and say, "Oh, you know who you're talking to? I'm a child. You ain't going to get away with this. I'm going to call my congressman. We got some problems here." You know what they did? They quietly took it. They turned around and they said, "Thank you, Lord." You thought we were ready for that? These folks are nuts. Most Christians are. That's the way of holiness. It will turn your life up because you're not living for this world anymore. I'm not living for tomorrow. I'm not living for the next paycheck. I'm not living for the next quote unquote blessing of this world. I'm living for the blessing of God that exceeds anything this world could ever offer. I need to wrap it up with this. I didn't realize it was after 12, but we started late in my defense. But I know I promised to cook out after church. It's the first Sunday and most of you are here for the food. No, I know that's not true. I'm here for the food, but. Let me wrap it up with this. A little farther down in Hebrews chapter 12, around verse 16, the author here makes reference to Esau. I preached a message out of this verse one time, out of the section of scripture, entitled, Selling Our Birthright for a Bowl of Soup. That's what Esau did. For the temporary fix of the physical desire, he gave away his birthright. It sounds foolish right now, but in the moment, how many of us have done the very same thing? We have a birthright when we walk on this path of holiness through Jesus Christ. But when we begin to satisfy the flesh, when we begin to take aside from the Spirit, when we begin to chase after the things of this world, we are literally selling our birthright for a bowl of soup. We are literally saying, hold on, heaven, I want to get a suitcase of pavement first. We're making choices that don't make sense. How often do we do that? Everything we look to that has to do with self has got to go. We must walk the way of holiness. That's the only way to please God. You see, God has called us restored us and has commissioned us to bring back the glory. And you say, how do we bring back the glory? Does it have to do with the pastor? Does it have to do with the professional minister? No, it has to do with you and I. It has to do with you and I being the ministers and the carriers of the Holy. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You need to understand that. That's not just for a couple people. Every one of us, by the grace of Jesus Christ, has been called the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are a temple. Do I need you to tell your neighbor that they're a temple? Go ahead, tell them anyway. Say, you are, you are a temple. I don't do that a lot, but I think this time merits it. Because sometimes we need to know this. It's got to sink in. This isn't just some church jargon. This isn't just some holy talk. This, You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. When you go to work tomorrow, the Holy Spirit is on the way to your workplace. When you're driving down the road tomorrow, here comes Jesus. Look out. When I walk onto the job site tomorrow, I'm going to go there with the expectancy that God's going to open some doors in some people's lives because that's what he's been doing. God has been establishing relationships and connecting us with different people. I know I'm not the only one. I know there's other ones in here that this is happening to. And he's doing it for his glory, church. Just like carrying the ark, there is a prescribed way to carry the glory of God. And it's the way of holiness. It's called that for a reason because it's the way to holiness. Let's pray.